Chapter One, Part One of the Life Story of a Russian Exile. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. The Life Story of a Russian Exile by Marie Sukloff. Translated by Gregory Yaros. Chapter One, Part One the little village of borovoy mlin in which i was born consisted of about thirty huts low wooden structures with slant thatched roofs the walls both inside and out were plastered with mud and whitewashed all the huts stood in a row which formed the only street in the village a wide dusty road passed in front the meeting-place of the cackling quacking and barking members of the community farther down the communal pasture a long and narrow strip of land ran along the high bank of the rivulet okena below in the rear were small kitchen gardens surrounded by low wattle fences back of which rye fields stretched as far as the eye could see our hut stood at the very entrance to the village it was old and rickety the two little windows were low near the ground in the severe winter months the snow piled up high in front of them shutting out the feeble light that penetrated the double windows during the greater part of the year the broken panes were replaced with cardboard as a protection against the clouds of dust which drifted into the house every time a vehicle passed the thatch on the roof was black with age it was broken in several places when the rains were heavy the water leaked through and formed a puddle on the mud floor as in all peasant dwellings a dark passage divided it into two parts one was the living-room the other served as a barn where the horses cows agricultural implements and provisions were kept the living-room was large and square one corner was screened off by a long red curtain it was the parents bedroom two beds and a cradle stood there the furniture of the rest of the room consisted of a large table and benches along the walls another table much smaller in size held a large brass samovar and a pair of silver candlesticks the only articles of value in our home an enormous brick stove occupied a conspicuous place in the room besides doing its regular service it provided a warm bed in the cold winter nights the children often fought for the privilege of sleeping on it in this room i first saw the light of day in september eighteen eighty five in this house i passed the first fourteen years of my life sixteen desiatines a little over forty-three acres of poor soil mostly clay and a thatch-covered hut this was all the property left by my grandfather to his five sons and two daughters Note. my grandfather settled in borovoimlin in the province of vilna in eighteen fifty one the government granted certain privileges to jewish agricultural colonists exemption from military service for a period of twenty-five years being one of them military service in russia at that time lasted twenty-five years and the life of a soldier was terribly hard few ever returned to their native places to save his sons from military duty my grandfather decided to become a peasant End note i do not know how the heirs to this rich inheritance settled it among themselves but in the end my father and one of my uncles 
remained the sole proprietors of the sixteen desiatines they being the eldest sons and already married at the later division of the property eight desiatines and the house went to my father our estate besides the land consisted most of the time of a couple of cows one or two horses and a dozen or more chickens when the crops were good the eight desiatines yielded grain and potatoes enough to last the whole year round but either because of my father's primitive methods of agriculture or because of insufficient fertilizing or because of droughts which are not infrequent in our parts good crops were rather the exception than the rule i remember a prayer which i learned when i was four years old o oh god give us rain for the sake of the little children every morning before eating our modest breakfast we folded our hands and repeated this prayer but god seemed cruel at times severe droughts burned our fields and famine threatened the whole district then father drove our favorite cow to the nearest town and sold her the same fate befell the second one and then we were without milk but the cost of necessities was so high that money thus realized was not enough then father went to look for work and stayed away from home the whole week friday evening the family eagerly awaited his return the room assumed its holiday appearance the table was covered with a snow-white cloth the candles lit and the samovar freshly polished shone in the corner but father took his place without saying a word his face did not wear his usual cheerful smile and we understood that he had not earned anything and was therefore sad silently we took our seats around the table while mother served the supper but unlike any other saturday there was no meat indeed it was absolutely necessary to earn some extra money to meet the modest expenses of our household the few acres of land owned by a russian peasant do not yield enough to feed a large family and pay the taxes our village was situated about a mile from the little town of smorgon where there were leather factories tailor shops and other enterprises among us a child of eight years was considered of working age and sent to work in town he was apprenticed to a tailor or a shoemaker and sometimes even sent to the factory few could afford to send their children to school the parochial school which was to spread knowledge among the inhabitants of four villages could boast of but ten pupils these were taught by the village priest who was but little versed in educational matters besides he was busy with other more important duties and could not devote much of his time to instructing the young at the end of a four years course therefore they could neither read nor write but that was amply compensated by their ability to chant psalms which they knew by heart our village boys went to a hebrew school beginning at the age of four or five my brother wolf finished his education when he was eight years old girls were not taught at all i was illiterate until the age of thirteen but more of this later the peasants in the neighboring country lived in still greater poverty than ours their grown sons and daughters did not go to live in town but remained with the family nor did they send their children to the shop and their small parcels of land which were taxed very heavily could not feed so many souls close to their land was a large private estate it covered many hundreds of desiatines most of which was uncultivated the peasants were thus deprived of a chance to earn even a little money as farmhands one circumstance i remember greatly puzzled me notwithstanding that i was very young at the time the grazing land of our village was small 
and the herd often returned home hungry bordering on ours was an immense pasture belonging to a priest who had long left the church and did not even live on his estate the meadow was always guarded by a man who lived literally at our expense he collected from us a rouble for every horse or cow which strayed over on his land if the money was not paid he locked the beasts in his barn and left it without food once it happened that he starved to death one of our herd when winter came the fine grass in the priest's meadow was covered with snow while our barns were empty a dense forest surrounded the villages but we did not have enough firewood to heat our huts the forest belonged to the government the peasants had to choose between freezing and stealing wood from the forest as a result the jail in the nearby town was always full some stayed there as long as two years all for attempting to steal a log with which to warm their cold huts when i was six years old a terrible misfortune befell our family my mother fell down from the garret and fractured her skull she was ill for almost a year for four months she lay in a semi-conscious condition she did not recognize anybody and drove us away when we came to her bed i don't know what would have become of us if it had not been for our sister rebecca she looked after us like a mother and saw that we were fed and clothed she was eleven then mother's illness ruined us completely she was the only one in the family who knew how to manage things to make ends meet as they say father lacked that ability besides her illness added a large item to our expense to meet the doctor's and druggist's bill the cows and horses had to be sold even the land was mortgaged it was summer and father worked in the field rebecca and i kept house and looked after the one-year-old baby we got up at daybreak and worked hard the whole day rebecca milked the cows they were sold only towards winter and i drove them to the pasture i remember with what a serious face i answered my companions when they asked me to play with them i have no time to play my mamma is sick one incident during my mother's illness left an impression on my memory that remains to this day it was the haying season father was in the field mother was lying in bed and rebecca and i were sitting on the doorstep resting after our hard morning a large wagon drawn by two horses suddenly came into view we recognized it immediately and knew that the tax collector was coming he had a wooden leg and a long black beard and was the terror of all the children the periodical appearance at our village of this tax collector who was nicknamed the one-legged devil was always a source of much unhappiness he stopped in front of our house we were terribly afraid of him and at any other time would have run away and hid in the barn but that happy period of our life was past we felt a great responsibility resting upon us so we remained we stood up and met the intruder bravely there is nobody home said rebecca when the collector approached but he paid no attention to her and went straight into the house making an awful noise with his wooden leg all the while we followed him having examined the contents of the room he stopped before the table on which the samovar and the candlesticks stood we watched his movements with breathless intensity suddenly he knocked on the window with his cane a young man came in carrying a large bag before we could grasp the meaning of it all our samovar the pride and ornament of our house had disappeared into his dirty bag next went the candlesticks we were dumbfounded we stood gazing at the bag and could not utter a word unable to move we saw them turn to the door and walk out of the room 
when we recovered from the shock the rattle of the passing wagon was heard near the house rebecca sat down near the empty table and began to cry after a few minutes i joined her without a samovar and the candlesticks the room looked gloomier than ever in the fall father called a doctor from vilna a large city sixty miles away from the village his visit cost us fifty roubles this doctor however really helped our mother who began to recover slowly when my mother recovered from her illness rebecca was sent to work in a tailor's shop in town and i became the chief help in the house in the long winter nights i plucked feathers for pillows which were to form a part of rebecca's dowry she was then in her thirteenth year thus two years passed our poverty at that time was indescribable all the earnings went to pay debts and the interest on the mortgage to earn a little money mother decided to sell vegetables at the town market every morning she went to town and returned home in the evening i took charge of the house and looked after the eleven-months-old baby boy one event which set me thinking about conditions in general was the death of my aunt a young married woman of thirty-four it was harvest time and my aunt went to a nearby village to hire some farmhands she started out before sunset hours passed it grew late and she did not return about midnight the horse came back with an empty wagon we raised an alarm went to the village but the peasants there who all knew my aunt well maintained that she had not been to their village that day at last after a whole night's search she was found buried yet still alive in a pit near the road her face was unrecognizable her whole body was bruised and bore traces of violence the police arrived and began an investigation our yard was crowded with peasants young and old from the neighbouring villages each one of them was led to the bed on which my aunt lay with an unspeakable expression on her mutilated face she could not speak but her eyes were full of suffering and mute reproach each time a peasant approached the bed she shook her head gravely the ordeal lasted two days all that time my aunt tried to say something but all of our efforts to understand her were futile the police lost all idea of discovering the author of the horrible crime my aunt was sinking fast and the doctor could not hold out any hope suddenly she clearly uttered the word bartchuk and died bartchuk note young gentleman End note. the peasants passed the word along and made the sign of the cross they knew who committed the crime a short distance from the village where my aunt had gone was a landowner's estate the proprietor had a son who spent his summers in the country he was the curse of the neighbourhood the peasants hid their daughters whenever he appeared in the village but he managed to insult them with impunity he it was whom my aunt named as her assailant he was arrested all the peasants testified against him and yet after three months he was freed the landowner had bribed the investigating magistrate and the affair was hushed up as i have said before i was not sent to school when i reached my eleventh year my mother found a place for me in a grocery store in town the store was so small that if two customers happened in at the same time one had to wait outside where the greatest part of the goods was laid out i performed a great many duties i carried the goods in and out swept the store delivered purchases and ran similar errands my salary was fifteen roubles for the winter there i made my first acquaintance with figures and learned addition and subtraction my position as a clerk required some little knowledge of arithmetic 
at first my mistress taught me after this my brother wolf instructed me in this science which was one of his strong points but months passed and i did not show any promise of becoming an efficient grocery clerk my mistress was very much dissatisfied with me she often reproached me for my inability to meet customers in the approved fashion and called me a rustic i did not know what was wanted of me and that worried me terribly but i took great pride in the fact that i was a clerk and earning money every evening i went home to sleep there was a tavern in town where the workmen from our village gathered usually at about nine o'clock i always found their company to go home with one evening my mistress kept me very late when i came to the tavern all my village folk had gone i thought for a while and decided to go home alone it was in december the night was still and cold and the fields were covered with dazzling white snow the road to our village shone like silver i stepped into the road and ran i did not stop until i came to our house although i was not a bit afraid after that i always walked home alone without even so much as looking into the tavern before the easter holiday my mistress discharged me she had found another girl who could approach customers in the right way it was a terrible disappointment to me but my mother tried to console me don't worry i shall apprentice you to a tailor next fall like rebecca that's settled she concluded end of chapter one part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine